Wednesday. I think I love you both. I want to keep it that way. Spend Christmas in Beverly Hills. What's that for? It's just a friendly gesture. Very friendly. And find out who's being naughty and who's being nice. 90210. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, and you can bet it ain't ho, ho, ho. An all-new episode. Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 16, It's a Totally Happening Life. Mary, what happened this week? It's Christmas, so naturally we need non-teen teen carolers and a pair of snarky voiceover angels, Clarence and Miriam, to tell us what the fuck is going on. Donna is organizing a thing for charity and needs Dylan to be Santa, I think. Basically, they're going to hand out presents to some kids at an elementary school. The whole gang has volunteered to help out in their own special way, which for David means filming everyone while also looking sad. His mom is moving to Portland and her, his friends are all seniors, and he feels left behind. Andrea's grandma calls to, let, or to tell her she got some very important mail. Mr. Myers taunts Andrea when one of those things is a small Yale envelope instead of a big Yale envelope. Brandon and Andrea leave school to go read her mail. Andrea gets into <laughs> Yale, but her boyfriend Jay has written her a breakup letter. That night, Brandon tells the Walshes how he always knew Jay was wrong for Andrea. His family does not hold back and finally tell him he's jealous, bitter, and petty. Brandon says there's no way any of that could be true because he and Nikki have such a good relationship. <laughs> Nikki comes back from San Francisco, where she's presumably been since Thanksgiving, which was a month ago, and breaks up <laughs> with Brandon after Cindy catches them making out on his bed and apologizes to them. <laughs> Mr. Myers makes uncomfortable faces while shaving his beard because in addition to all his other crap, he also made a bet with Andrea that she wouldn't get into Yale. Also, Andrea and Brandon say random shit in Latin. Andrea is sad about Jay. The writers dangle dilly-dally becoming a thruple in our faces, but then the girls suggest they all be platonic together instead of polyamorous. Dylan and Kelly show up to Brenda's to decorate the Christmas tree, but then they all end up in Brenda's room. Kelly goes downstairs to get soda, and Brenda decides to not be all platonic with Dylan. Later, Kelly goes to convince Dylan to be Santa, and Brenda catches them making out. Kelly and Brenda decide that Dylan is the problem, definitely not the both of them, and they leave Dylan behind to yell things out his front door after them. Everyone is all bummed out by their personal drama, so they all try to abandon Donna's project. Too bad Mrs. Teasley is the one who's actually in charge, and she tells all those kids, they don't get to quit with no notice and to suck it up and be happy for charity. It's Christmas, goddammit. <laughs> Briandria watch It's a Wonderful Life and cry together, and then they make out. Brandon tries to eat Andrea's face, and she accuses him of thinking of Nikki. Brandon <laughs> accuses her of thinking of Jay. The voiceover angels imply the fight continues, and they say very mean things to each other. Dylan tries to mansplain Yo-Yo to a child, and she makes him look stupid. Then Brenda and Kelly decide to tell Dylan he has to pick one of them to be with by New Year's. Steve has a better haircut this episode, and he also shows up to be a volunteer at the elementary school. Mrs. Teasley doesn't make him leave because it's Christmas, and she has a heart. 
Also, he dresses up at Santa and is very cute. Andrea sits on his lap and frankly, she should never leave. Oh, and apparently the stakes of this episode were that the bus was going to get hit by a drunk trucker, but that doesn't happen because God. (laughs) Oh my God. I think my favorite part of this episode is when Clarence is talking to Miriam and he's like, oh, I skipped ahead and I already took care of the truck. And then she's like, no, you idiot, the other truck. Yeah, you got the wrong. It was like Craig versus Greg or something like that. Yes, that's what it was. I was just like, this man tried to tell the female star why she was wrong. And he ruined their only chance of stopping the truck. He was like, you only get one of these. I already used it. And she was like, well, shit. Fuck that up. (laughs) What are we supposed to do now? Yeah. Higher power. And then Andrea implies that the higher power is Donna. <laughs> oh, she is an angel on earth, if ever there was one. That's the quote of the week, because it was the only good one. <laughs> yeah, I wrote some pretty fun ones, but it's not like they're actually good. It's just like listening to the angels talk. I just enjoyed the Danny DeVito wannabe yes! talking. Yes! I literally wrote that down. I said, where is it? I just thought, there's one of them who sounds like Danny Danny DeVito and another lady who's worried about not getting her wings. Well, and the one that sounds like Danny DeVito, yeah, I looked him up on IMDb. He did the voice of Phil in the Hercules TV show. Oh, but not the movie? Danny DeVito did the voice in the movie. Wow. Off-brand Danny DeVito. (laughs) Generic Danny DeVito. (laughs) Do you think they were sitting there and were like, you know who would be a really good angel? Danny DeVito. He's unavailable. Damn it. Good thing we have his brother. Danny DeVito. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Tanny. (laughs) That's so much better. Oh, goodness. (laughs) It's like all the names in Middleditch and Swartz that they come up with. (laughs) The children are Toby and Roby. watching that one where they're all in the law class and I spent half of it being like where did Nigel go <laughs> and then he shows up at the end <laughs> he's like I'm still here yeah. everyone should go watch Middle Ditch and Swords I was like a little on the fence about it to begin with but Ariel told me to watch it because she said it was freaking hilarious 100% true please go watch it it might be one of the funniest things I've seen in a really long time it was so good <laughs> Nate and I were laughing so hard, we were, like, making ourselves sweat. <laughs> I was crying oh, yeah. during the wedding. To all allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Even during the setup where they're just, like, a wedding, and he's like, oh, who's your, you know, best man? He's like, oh, it's this guy. I met him in a parking lot. And they're like, oh, is he in the wedding, too? No. Yeah, it's like, she didn't even want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, watch it. I promise. It's so funny. So good. And you know what's not good? This episode. Oh, my God. First, I thought we were going to space. I know. When they pan up, I was like, is it Star Wars? Yeah. Like, why are we just looking at the Walsh house and then looking above the Walsh house into the sky? And we see, like, a random galaxy far, far away. But Definitely no, not Star it's Wars. Clarence and Miriam. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, wait. The name of this episode is It's a Totally Happening Life, which is the 90s version of It's a Wonderful Life, which they reference like five or six times in this whole episode because they have to drive that home. Which I thought was really funny. I've been listening to the Beverly Hills 90210 show podcast, and they were talking about 
licensing the music rights for all of their episodes and how, you know, streaming services didn't exist. They didn't realize how much they were going to need all these streaming rights. And apparently when the show first started, they only got rights for the music for two runs. So the first time the episode aired and one time after because they really thought that the show was going to completely fail. Whoa. And then, yeah, so I thought about that. And then in this episode, they're showing clips of It's a Wonderful Life. And I was like, I guess you can just do that? Huh. Huh. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because all of their music, basically because we're watching on Hulu, we don't – it's not the real music with the exception of the theme song in the beginning, obviously. But, yeah, they showed clips – it wasn't just like one clip or like six seconds of a clip or or whatever – it was like a lot of the movie. And it was even, like a couple. Yeah, and even the end card of the episode was the end card from uh, It's a Wonderful Life with the bell. So, yeah. huh. No, and I know nothing about like having to take clips and getting the rights for that kind of stuff, but it yeah. was just interesting. I was like, is it – like it's not public domain. It can't be. It Not when this episode aired especially because that was only like 50 years and we know – Walt Disney wouldn't allow shit like that. Right. I do wonder, though, if there's, like, because, I like, as soon as you said that, it, it made me think of that, too. But because with Mickey Mouse, they keep, like, refreshing or renegotiating or whatever. The yeah, they're the reason that copyright. things can't go into the public domain. Exactly. So I wonder if perhaps, though, there's a shorter version, right? Like, there's, like, I don't know, like, 20 years instead of 99 or whatever the Walt Disney version is. Um I wonder if maybe CBS owns. Yeah, that was my other thought. Wonderful life. Or yeah, no, like Fox. I googled it, and apparently they forgot to file a claim to keep it out, so it just is public domain now. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> That's really dumb. That yeah, it was really a clerical dumb. error. Apparently, prevented <laughs> I mean, I the copyright owner us. from filing the necessary extension application. So anybody Dang. can just use that now all right guys we're gonna do an it's a wonderful life podcast (laughs) no we're not no absolutely not i don't actually really care for that movie oh i love it it makes me cry it's a fine movie but it's the same thing as the christmas story where you watch it every single christmas and by your 30th watch you're just like okay i get it clarence gets his wings he this man wants to live i like whatever yeah, I think what I, I mean, I, I'm probably in the middle of you two. Like, I'm neither here nor there about it, but at Christmas time is the only time I ever watch it. But I will say it does give us, like, textbook Jimmy Stewart. Like, his yelling and his, like, the way he moves his mouth when he talks and how his throat mm-hmm. says words. It's classic Jimmy Stewart. So I, I, I do appreciate that. But everything else is just, eh, whatever. I did love Kelly walking in being like, I love Cary Grant. And they were like, that's nice. <laughs> Yeah, cute, honey. Go back upstairs. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. And in the beginning, if it's not enough that we have to hear um, Manny DeVito and Miriam talk, we also see that the guest starring is so-and-so as Gil Myers. And so he's back for I some reason. I forgot his name at one point. I just wrote the fucking teacher. <laughs> I could not remember it. I sat there and I was like, it's just not worth putting the effort in. I just don't like him. Who likes him at this point? He's the worst. No one. Like, oh my God. When she gets 
the call that she had the letter from Yale, and she's like, oh, it's a really small letter, and he just yells reject at her. It's like, yeah. what oh, are fuck. you? What kind of teacher are you? Like, this isn't even motivation. This isn't, you know, like, friendly ribbing. This is yeah. just like, ha, you didn't get into the school of your dreams. Yeah. Fuck it. Exactly, because I was thinking, like, oh, what if he was just trying to act like a friend, you know, like, act like one of the kids, but I'm like – any of the friends that know Andrea would know that that would be like a really hurtful thing for her to hear, like them making fun of her for getting rejected or whatever. Like, I hate this guy so, so much. Yeah, and he should know too because we had the whole tightrope episode mm -hmm. where she was just like, why don't you think I can get into Yale? And he was like, oh, I do think you could get into Yale. I can't wait to write you a recommendation. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah, he like yanks her chain you? like the entire Highwire episode. And then here he's just like, yeah, you got rejected, reject. You suck. You're the worst. It's probably because you live in Van Nuys. He doesn't Such know Such a that. piece of shit. Yeah, he's he really the is. I very much enjoyed, though, when they made the bet and she made him shave his beard. And then he did that very weird shaving of the beard where he took like regular scissors to clip it short and then did a straight razor shave. In the newspaper room <laughs> with Brandon holding up the mirror and she was just like, I feel really bad. You can stop now after he was halfway through. I was like, that's right. Oh, yeah. And then she does a sick burn. Um, I wrote it down. <laughs> when she like stopped him midway and she's like, OK, it's I feel really bad. You can keep it. And he's like, oh, now, you know, I look ridiculous, like with my half face or whatever. And then she just like, oh, yeah. Um. It goes perfectly with your split personality, which I was like, yes, Andrea, wonderful job. That's why you're getting into Yale. Sick burns like that. I know, right? Ugh, he's the worst. He deserves everything he gets. It's true. And um, yeah, we're going to see him for like a while. No. God. He's just never going to go away. Well, he's just going to be here forever. Well, you know what did go away? Mary mentioned it in her synopsis. Steve's mullet went away, and he looks so I fresh. I was so happy. I, I meant to start this off with Steve Watch updates. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. my first sentence originally. <laughs> I love in it. This, in my synopsis, I was like, Steve got a haircut. It looks good. <laughs> it does. It just cleans up the neck, and yeah, he just looks so fresh and so clean, clean. I know, and now he's going to be in double detention. We're never even going to get to enjoy his clean neck. It's true. Yeah, because he was also Santa, so he had to have all the, you know, Santa. Didn't his mustache fall off when he was Santa in front of all the children? It did. That would have been scarring. Oh, Steve. <laughs> oh, Thank and you. one other thing to point out with the during the blaze and Andrea and all that, freaking Miriam called her Andrea. Oh, I missed it. Yep. She said something about Andrea, and that's all I heard. And then immediately, like, literally, it was, she says something, something, Andrea. And then not a second later, Brandon's like, so, Andrea, how are you? You know, like, he starts his <laughs> line. And I'm like, you, okay, you guys hear that, right? Like, in post, like, you're, like, you hear what you did. <laughs> it's even a voiceover. She could redo it. Exactly. This whole episode was practically a voiceover. So why did they miss it? Unless they did oh it on God. purpose. So much of this episode sounded like it was ADR'd when they were on the bus. Oh, yes. It totally was. Even um, in the park or the elementary school, like, playground, that also sounded parts of it, like, very dubbed over. I think I wrote down at one point, like, was this part dubbed? 
Yeah, I don't remember exactly where I realized it, but I definitely heard it on the bus. I was like, this is not them speaking. This is them talking over what they would have been saying. Especially because at one point on the bus, I noticed that too, because like Brandon, it was when Brandon and Andrea are making up, not making out. And he says something and then he smiles, but you can tell like it wasn't really a laughing smile, but Jason Priestley laughs and you look at it and I'm like, that wasn't a laugh. Like you weren't like, did you not realize that your face, (laughs) you don't. (laughs) You don't make that noise with that face. <laughs> so you went into a booth and watched yourself and was like, I laugh here. This, that's my laughing face. <laughs> so I'm going to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. He was like, <laughs> like, what the? Jason Priestley's fantastic acting again. I can't even apologize for it anymore. Like, I feel, sometimes I feel bad, but now I'm just like, nah, dude, like. I know some actors don't like to watch themselves on TV, but I feel like he would have really benefited from it. I so I was just watching. I only watched the first half of it, but the 90210 behind closed doors thing on Reels that aired, I was watching it, and they're talking about how Luke Perry had come in and auditioned for Steve, which, by the way, could you even imagine? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't so imagine them treating – Luke Perry the way that they treat Ian Ziering as they that would character. never have gotten away with it. Also, they call Steve a jock in Behind Closed Doors. I was just like, wait a minute. Are you sure? I I wrote down quotes from Behind Closed Doors because I was like, I don't believe any of what's happening here. It's like that meme that's like, um, because <laughs> me and Mary just made the same face. And it was like, <laughs> Ian Ziering as a jock? And then it's, like, something else. Like, <laughs> the kombucha meme? Yeah, it's, like, wears, like, I don't know, athletic clothing. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I described that very badly for our listeners. I apologize. That was all visual. <laughs> but yeah, Anywho, so say, reels. <laughs> yeah, so they say that Luke Perry had originally auditioned. I don't even remember what the point of this was. Oh, he had originally appointed, uh, auditioned as Steve and didn't get it and, like, left and didn't have a job and was, like, doing construction work and whatever. And then they call him, and they're like, oh, we have a new character that, you know, we think you'd work for because we already saw you audition. By the way, we're doing a table read. You need to come right now. Um, and so he goes, and, like, they show a clip of a Luke Perry interview where he's talking about how he was so intimidated by Shannon and Jason because they were both experienced actors. And I was like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> like Shannon I get but yeah really what? oh my god you're so much better than so them at times. <laughs> I mean not Shannon but yeah. definitely Jason no yeah it's been so funny listening to like the 90210 show podcast and seeing this because you know people that worked on the show keep making comments about how like Shannon wasn't doing really good line reads or she would do this or she would do that and I was like I don't know maybe it's just me but it kind of looks like she's crushing it and other people around her like Jason yeah are not crushing it yeah it sounds like they're measuring stick or like they're like what is good is wildly different than what ours would be <laughs> because oh yeah I would I would probably say and I could probably speak for the three of us like Shannon and probably 
probably Jenny, probably even Luke Perry, are probably up here, right? Like, with probably the best of the kids. I mean, Ian's up there, too, honestly. It's mm-hmm. really Brian Austin Green and Jason Priestley that are probably down here. But, like... Which, like, truly, those two are on the more experienced end of the actors when they all get hired. Yeah. Which is insane to me. Um, I did learn that Jenny was the first one hired. Makes sense. She had a private audition in Aaron Spelling's office. And, yeah, I know it sounds weird, but, like, (laughs) I assume that it was fine. Yeah, sorry. Trigger. (laughs) Caitlin, like, jumped away. Like, (laughs) no. Don't you touch her. Yeah, you, you, you keep that door open. <laughs> but yeah, apparently she had like a one-on-one audition with Aaron Spelling and then supposedly like she left the building and then like turned around and looked at Aaron Spelling's office window and he was just like, yeah. <laughs> it just gets creepier and creepier. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Ugh." laughs> Those were thumbs up noises, by the way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm too visual today. It's the truly that half truly kicked in, guys. It's there. We haven't even talked about the beginning of the episode. Uh, We we panned up and then we just went. Yeah. Manny DeVito got a shout out. So, yeah, because this is okay. I was actually going to try and bring this back around when we were talking about the ADR because the West Beverly High Madrigals. We're not singing in the episode. All of that was a voiceover. Uh, yeah. I can't believe they have madrigals. And they were just always singing. Like, didn't take That's breaks. That's they did. Like, these kids must have, like, vocal cords of steel because they never took a break. They never stopped singing. And why do they have this? Like, I think uh, it's just one of my favorite things about teen TV and like 90210 is definitely very guilty of it is that they'll make up clubs and sports teams and all this kind of stuff. And then you never hear about them again. Oh yeah. Like we have not heard about like any tech club or tech class or like any of this other stuff. And like, since when does Donna do volunteer work? That's true. They didn't do this last year. Yeah. It's just, you never hear from it again. Yeah. It's almost like so funny. The only thing that we really hear about is obviously the blaze and then occasionally the rap line. But I feel like both of those things are really wrapped up in Andrea. And I don't like that this is the case, but because she doesn't really have a love interest on the show, they have to like give her identifiers, right? Like what is she involved in? Because she's not involved with a boy or a girl or whoever, but everyone else, they've got this relationship drama that they can bank on. So they don't need to be involved in other things. Yeah. And, like, even with sports, you know, they mentioned in this show that Steve was supposed to be a jock. And I kind of wonder if they changed that. And we're just like, no, he's just hot. Yeah. Just I mean, naturally fit. Because then they don't have to put him in a permanent sport. That's true. That's true. I mean, because we've seen him try basketball, but he really wasn't that great at it and then yeah, he didn't even jv right and then we've seen him play volleyball and he was good at that so yeah they, apparently west bev doesn't have a male volleyball team yeah i guess not which doesn't make sense because at the very least you would think they would have a beach volleyball team but 
I don't know anything about sports in high schools in in California. Yeah, I mean, I know nothing. I, I know just... I would like to watch Steve play volleyball some more. I would too. Oh his little crop, his outfits enough. Mm-hmm. The, the crop tops and the short shorts and the little backwards cap mm-hmm. uh, with the brim just sticking straight up in the air. <laughs> Ugh, baby Steve boy, twenty twenty, still hot, still hot. May not be summer anymore, but it's still hot on Steve Watch. (laughs) Okay. So. (laughs) Anyway. We did talk um, about Andrea and Yale. Which she got into Yale. Yale. I know. And then I loved her being like, oh, my God. And Jay was talking about how he really wanted me to go to Northwestern with him. But now I'm going to go to Yale. But then she opens a letter and Jay wrote her a Dear John letter, essentially. (sighs) Now I hate Jay. Like I know I was like <laughs> I'm I'm over it. Yeah, I loved him and I can't believe they did Peter Krause and Dirty like this. I wonder what role uh, he got so he couldn't be in the show. He wrote a dear Jondria. Ooh. <laughs> I dig that. Bringing it back. Oh yeah. yeah. And he breaks up with her in a letter. Couldn't even call her. No. And that's the no, thing he's it's... been calling her like I I would assume weekly maybe. Or something, and yeah, he doesn't even have the balls to like tell it to her on their weekly call. He just lets her assume they're all good, and then writes it in a freaking letter and waits, you know, three or four business days. Trash. <laughs> and it's almost—it's almost Christmas. Why wouldn't he be home for the holidays? That's a good point. And do too. it in person. True. Yeah. He's just—he's just, he's just a wimpy boy. His, he's busy with his Republican bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Don't they say it? Later, where they're like, you didn't like him because he was a Republican. Yeah, because basically, um, yeah, it was when, hold on. No, this is still when Brandon is with Andrea and she's reading the letter because he says stuff like, oh, I knew that guy was bad news. I never liked the guy. And then it's at the Walsh house when he's talking about it to Cindy and Jim. And it's when we get like the the only the only of the two pieces of gold in this episode, which is when basically Brenda, Jim, and Cindy are like bitter, petty, jealous, jealous. and perfect. So perfect. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how long have they been holding this in? Yeah. Seriously, though. Because like... They were ready. Yeah. At the speed it came out, it's been building pressure in their brains for a while. <laughs> yes. And honestly, and I, same. Yeah. He's an asshole. Honestly. Well, yeah, because he only, like, didn't like Jay because Jay liked Andrea. And so that means that there's no more attention on Brandon from Andrea. Yeah, because they honestly bring it up, you know, multiple times in the episode between the two of them where, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that day at the beach club last summer and, you know, this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you don't actually want to be with her. Right. You just like the attention. You don't want her to be with anybody else. Exactly. Oh, my God. And then when they were on the bus and Brandon was like, oh, yeah, I was jealous of Jay. And then Andre was like, I was jealous of, you know, blah, 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 like listing off girls. I was like, I don't think I realized how many people Brandon's been dating and how he keeps getting these girls. I know. Even Nat calls him like um, or he says like girls just throw themselves at him or something like that. Something like that. He's like, you don't need to worry about Nikki because in two seconds, someone else is going to come in here for you. And then Andrea comes in, like, immediately. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, because because Brandon's like, or I'm sorry, Andrea was like, um, yeah, I was jealous of Brooke, Emily, and Nikki. Nikki. And I'm like, three? Like, I didn't realize yeah. there was three people in the span of one J. Oh, God. Yeah. You're you're right. I think Emily was before J, but like. True. Yeah. Who was, who was the guy on the paper that had two names that we kept getting confused of whether it was oh, first or last name? John. John something. Hang John on. I'll find him. Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> yes. No yeah. one talks about John Griffin. Yeah, they had a flame Brandon or something. Brandon was jealous of him, too. Definitely. He definitely was. Mm-hmm. Oh, he absolutely okay. was. He was. <laughs> I was looking back through all of our uh, social media posts, and we had the one where John Griffin was like, I made this. And then Brandon was like, you made that? Take. I made that. <laughs> I made this. Accurate for Brandon. But Ugh. he mentions uh, Nikki when they're trimming the tree. So that lets us know that they're still dating, um, and reminds She's us that she gone was gone for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there's something that I thought was kind of funny. Um, basically, during this whole tree trimming thing, uh, Dylan and Kelly show up to Walsh's to study, but then Kelly gets distracted by the tree and is like, "Oh my god, I love decorating!" And so they went over there, and I thought it was weird that they all hang out together. And so apparently, so did the ghosts or the angels or whoever they are. They're now ghosts. I like ghosts better. (laughs) And I think it was Miriam who said like, oh, yeah, they're in this like three way triangular thing. And I was like, wait, are they? (laughs) I was like, when did I miss this? (laughs) Dilly Dally's real? (laughs) Can they be? Yeah. She's like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about it later. No. Yeah. Because that's when Clarence was like, tell me more about the hot blonde. And I was like, Clarence, you're an angel. And presumably and, like, old. Yeah, I was going to say, a like, child. I know. Just the pandering towards her looks and stuff was just. I, so, this makes me think. I'm Nate and I are rewatching Chuck because we love it, but I did not realize in my first run of Chuck, which was probably we watched it together. I don't know, like 2012 or so, and I did not realize how much they oversexualize Sarah, who's the main oh, character. Yeah. When she's working at, like, the hot dog place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's the frozen yogurt place, and then pretty much any time she has on a dress or, like, she and Chuck have to pretend like they're dating and they're sleeping in the same bed and she doesn't wear pants because that's normal when you're in a platonic, you know, agent, like, handler and asset situation. And... I'm just like, man, this is not aging well. Like, I love this show. But it does give me hope that we're actually making progress. So anyway, that just all takes it back to the fact that, like, they only really care about the kids' looks because they even make that comment earlier on in the episode. Um, Yeah, he says they're too good looking to have problems. And then she quotes, like, the manual and is like, physical appearance should not be used to determine worthiness. Right. So I'm like, I mean, true, however, you're doing that. <laughs> so well, anyway. I'm like, honestly, I, I don't understand why the angels paid any attention to these kids. I mean, like, I guess she knew that the drunk uh, trash pickup truck driver was going to happen. But yeah. Like, why she had to be like, they have all these problems and therefore 
we have to save all of their lives. I wonder if it was like, I mean, not that I'm trying to make an excuse for why this happened, but like, I wonder if it was like a weird kismet thing where every single person had a problem at the exact same time. And there's only, I mean, if we're thinking about like, you know, the universe and like higher powers and I don't know, like simulation theory, there's only, (laughs) (laughs) there's only so many times that these things can all happen at once. And maybe this was one of them. And Miriam was like, ooh, this is the time to get my wings. So let's focus on these very beautiful, but we're not supposed to talk about them being beautiful kids. Like, that's what I like. <laughs> I just maybe <laughs> feel like, how did she find this car accident? That's true. The car accident what, like, did seem weird. <laughs> I feel like she was like, how do I find a catastrophe that's going to work out for me and get me some sympathy? A bunch of beautiful teenagers dying. <laughs> like, I mean, when you say it like that. <laughs> it was just weird. Because really, I mean, of all of the people and everything they show, I feel like the only thing the angels the angels should care about would be Donna Martin. Totally. Mm-hmm. And they I even mean, state that from the beginning. Yeah. She's an angel on earth if ever there was one. Yep. And true. Uh, no truer words have ever been spoken. and i mean once you actually start paying attention to their lives like yes you should be very interested in dilly dally yeah the throuple of the century man if only i I loved when they sat him down at the peach pit and they were like we find you hot very hot (laughs) i'm so attracted to you and he's just like oh yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) God, that was just not the conversation I wanted or needed. I mean, I just want them to be together, all of them. They, they knew what they were doing when they wrote this, because like Clarence made it gross. Because yeah, I'm just picturing like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Danny DeVito being like, "Oh, teenagers doing it," but yeah, in reality, (laughs) I'm sitting here being like. I just want Kelly and Brenda and Dylan to have an emotionally fulfilling and also moderately sexual to, you know, match their age relationship. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what's so crazy. Isn't that so weird that, like, I think about this sometimes because I, I'm thinking about how this, this truly is making me think of all things <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> but... I've been thinking lately about how people end up liking the shows that they like and how it changes over the years. Cause I'm thinking about the shows that my mother likes versus what I like. And I'm like, is it purely because as humans, it is not natural for us to be like, you know, super attracted to something way, way older or way, way younger than what we are. So like right now, you know, we're very much into the shows that have characters or actors that are around our age, but with 90210, we're rooting for, like, you know, the thruple to happen. And these, they're supposed to be, like, 16, 17 years old. Well, I guess more like 17, 18 now. But I'm like, is that because we can compartmentalize and know that either they're older than their ages that they're supposed to be portraying or that they're in their 50s or 40s and 50s now? Wait. Yeah, 50s. Yeah. Except for Andrea. <laughs> I know she's so old. 
But you know what I mean? Like, do you get where I'm going? No. Okay. So I think, I think part of it is because they are older than they're supposed to be. So at this point, you know, they're 22, 24 in that area. So it's like a lot closer to us than 17, 18 is. I think the other part of it for me, and especially with listening to the 902 and O show and the behind closed doors thing is multiple different things I've been listening to this week. Keep bringing up punishing Brenda for having sex and not feeling bad about it. So when you bring up a thruple that would leave her feeling emotionally and physically satisfied, I'm just like, I'm not against it. Yeah. No, that's a totally like, valid point. And make and, it yeah. up to her. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing you were telling us a little bit about just some of the things that you had heard and that basically it confirmed everything that we had been talking about, especially around that season one finale, is that they were punishing Brenda. And it's like, what, like... <sighs> I just can't, I still just am so baffled that that actually happened, right? Like that somebody out there convinced them like, hey, you're going to lose money because of this or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And and it worked and they did that. So now I'm like, okay, yeah, are you kind of making it up to us by th- dangling a thruple or are you just appeasing us to the point where we're going to dangle it, but then we're going to snatch it away and that'll keep us out of like deep water with our advertisers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you think about it, since then, I don't think we've seen a woman have sex and not, like, so the only people that we can confirm have, like, done anything would be, we know Felice was having an affair, mm-hmm. which just ended, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's mom got pregnant, Jackie got pregnant, and then Nikki confirms that she has had sex before but that she's not currently having sex. And then we meet the guy she presumably had sex with who was physically abusive to her. Oof. Oof. <laughs> so, I mean, just like think about how they portray female sexuality. And even in this episode, like anyone that makes out with a boy immediately gets mad about it. Yeah. And then it's- that's a perfect segue into the next scene, which is Brandon and Nikki upstairs in Brandon's room and they're making out hardcore. He's eating her face. It's gross. Blech. Yeah. <laughs> I Oh my God. When she like pulls away and he's like, it's okay. I have them trained. I was like, ew. That's disgusting. He, he has some weird like control kink or something where he has to like domesticate people. I'm pretty sure because that is the second time in maybe four tops episodes where he talks about having someone trained and specifically Cindy. Cause he, he was referring to them, but Cindy's the one that walked in. That's a good point. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. Cause he said that, that I forget why, why did he say that the first time? Cause it was about Cindy. Like Cindy was trained yeah. super well. Oh wait, it may have even it been was, last episode. It was when Nikki, when he picked Nikki up from, uh, gross boy's house what was and his name brought her to the house brought her back to his Diesel. house yeah Diesel. Diesel. or dennis <laughs> <laughs> which is just such a perfect creep name if we want to bring it back to it's always sunny again true 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 oh my gosh totally unrelated did you guys see that they've already confirmed that it's always sunny is going to have a covid themed episode like, they're oh going to address God. COVID in the next season. I so, did see that. I didn't know I needed it, but I need it. 
So I've never actually watched all of it, and that is on my list next, because two of my shows got canceled, so I need a new comedy. What was your other show that got canceled? Single Parents. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was also hilarious um, on ABC, and it was a comedy, so both my ABC comedies got (sighs) canceled. But it's okay, because I'm going to add another comedy. I'm going to add It's Always Sunny and Schitt's Creek. Community. Ooh. Oh, yes. And What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, God. <laughs> but also, What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> what We Do in the Shadows just got renewed for the third season. That's so. right. I got to update my spreadsheet again. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> Michael and I binged, like, all of Shit's Creek, like, in the past two weeks. It's so good. It's so good. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm excited about it. But I know there's, like, a couple of these that Nate won't gravitate toward, and I've already had to accept that he is just insanely picky about television. So I just have to forge onward on my own. And I'm okay with that. I think he'll like what we do in the shadows. That's what my friend Shelby said. So so maybe I'll have to give that one a nudge on that John one. loves what we do in the shadows. Maybe if I say that, like, he'll do it. <laughs> it's so good. But anyway, we were talking about diesel uh, cindy's being trained that yes <laughs> well yeah because this is yeah the second time he's brought it up and he's like no 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 i remember i totally have her trained and then she walks in and just stands there and then she apologizes to him and i just want to be like it's your house and he took a girl into his room and shut the door and you know he's had sex in there before Ew. but it's okay what? it's okay because it's brandon and if it were brenda she'd be shipped off to paris again but if it's Brandon, but it's not. It's like she forgot all about Cheryl with an S, like <laughs> Cheryl, and how worked up she was over that situation, and having like being so insistent that Jim give Brandon a sex talk, and then he was just yep. too late. Well, and it's true. That's what drives me nuts. Is yeah, th- like to go back to the nine hundred two one zero show and behind closed doors and all that. Like they address the fact that Brandon had sex in episode four, and nobody gave a shit. Yeah, like the no, parents gave a, a shit. Boy. Yeah, they gave a shit in the episode, and then dropped it and never brought it back up again. Right. I mean, it's a hunt. Like, and I hate to be that person that's always like, "Oh, it's sexism. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that." But in this case, it's like absolutely sexism because they're treating the boy much, much different than the girl, and it is blatantly obvious. Yeah, because, like, ugh, I can't. Ugh, it yeah. Makes me- so mad it's super frustrating but at least nikki breaks up with brandon because like let's be real even though i know they're doing it more to punish nikki i guess for like you know messing around with brandon or whatever i'm just glad because nikki deserves better than brandon and if that means she's getting along better with her family then more power to it i'd rather her go home and be happy and find a nice boy that's not diesel or brandon you want to hear a fun fact that i heard i would love it the reason that Nikki breaks up with Brandon is so that he can go to college single. Oh, that makes wow. sense. Wow. That makes sense. So it doesn't even matter for Nikki. Like, we get lucky that she has a storyline. Oh. Oh, well, that sucks. Wait. They just get rid of her for Brandon. But it's Christmas. They have at least, like, well, in this season, they have, like, what, 27 more episodes? <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. Like, as imme- almost immediately after they break up, you know, Nat makes the comment that another girl's going to walk in, and then Andrea walks in, and then they make out, then they start fighting, 
And so we're going to have, what, next is 17. So we're going to have like 14 episodes this season plus the summer for Brandon to like date around. Yeah, and that's assuming we get summer again. You know we're going to get summer again. Yeah, probably. Do we want to make bets on how many future girls of the week we'll see before the season ends? I love that. I love that. And I'm going to write that down right now. So throw out your bets. I'm going to say... Six. Okay. That... Are we saying for the rest, of, just for the rest of the season, just yeah, until graduation? Just this season. Mm-hmm. Just this season. Okay, so not including if we have summer. Yeah, because that'll be season four. Okay. All right, Mary, what you got? I think four. All right, and that's like the minimum. I feel like Aries is spot right? on, but I can't steal it. <laughs> yeah, I was I basically said one every other episode. Okay, that clip. That's pretty fast. <laughs> That's a lot. Well, and then I, I took one out, so he'll have six, because I yeah. feel like when we get to graduation, like, I know Donna Martin graduates is a huge thing, so I feel like the last two episodes are going to be Donna-centric, so we're not going to have time to talk about Brandon and a girl. Yeah, That's and something fair. serious is probably going to happen. So. That's fair, and I like the context that you've given me, because it's helped me make a decision, and I'm going <laughs> to go with two. Wow, so low. So low because, again, based on everything that you guys have said, graduation, the fact that they don't want him to have a girlfriend in college, or at least leading up to it, and I didn't want to do eight. <laughs> That's fair. I thought you were going to do five. I, do I, four, thought five it, six. I thought I about like it. I thought I like two. Yeah. So, all right. So, Caitlin's two. Mary's four. Ariel six. Yep. I wrote it down. You said it. So we've got yep. two places where it's documented because, <laughs> oh my God, we just need to make a, a written contract now <laughs> instead Aww. of a digital contract. Oh gosh. It all goes back <laughs> to middle digit swords. Do what any of is? us have DocuSign? Oh, oh I God. do. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That's too far. That's too far. <laughs> I just got DocuSign at work. I'll send you guys a contract. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> got to be legally binding or it doesn't matter <laughs> it's just gonna be a piece of paper that says caitlin too <laughs> <laughs> hey it's fine it works it's legally binding <laughs> okay but yeah along those same lines though i've decided i just don't like when brandon dates people and it has zero to do with the girls he dates and everything to do with brandon i just the don't harm the R. Oh my God! Yes, he had like a freaking like he was okay. What I equated to, and I didn't write it down. I just thought of it, so I can't take too much credit. But when you did that, it made me think of this is what Brandon was doing. He was playing an arcade game, and it was one of those with the claw, and his toy got stuck. So he had to reach in <laughs> underneath and go for the toy <laughs> to pick it out. Yeah, he's like stealing gum out of the vending machine, and exactly. that's how he grabs the girl's face to pull it to his. Yes, he's like, oh, I'll get it, I'll get it, oh, th- there it is, oh, I got it, uh, and then claw. <laughs> that is how is he that, kisses. I don't understand. Is it a <laughs> stage direction? Is it just Jason Priestley's thing? But, like, when they're sitting watching It's a Wonderful Life, and I love that Andre's like, oh, I love this movie. And Brandon's like, I just watched it yesterday. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, 
we we could watch something else. And he's like, no, it's fine. And then, and then, yeah, she just like leans in and he's like, oh, latch, pull. <laughs> There's that Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you use the other hand? It's not like he'd be blocking her face. Like, what? I really well, want to know who taught him his moves. <laughs> Come forward, talk to us about it. He's just one of those that's like, nope, never had one lesson. <laughs> no, he learned in fifth grade from that girl for $2 or whatever. Where'd you learn to kiss like that? <laughs> A fifth grader. <laughs> but she was like real mature fifth grader. <laughs> oh my God. What if she kissed him and then was like, now I'm going to teach you how to stick your hand in the claw machine to get the best prizes. And he was like, look, I can use this. Yeah, she's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got something for you. Now, not a lot of people know about this trick. It's called the claw. All you do is remember last weekend when your mom took you to the arcade and you played some games for a while and then you got to one and you just really wanted that stuffed bear. And it didn't fall through. And you remember how you like reached your hand up there and grabbed it and you felt for it and you found it. And you just grab onto it and go. That's all you do. That's the move. It'll get her every time. You know what women love? Headlocks. (laughs) (laughs) And pointy fingers. Oh, my God. It's it's very like wrestling move. Yeah. And then also, she pro- this fifth grader probably also told him, tip number numero uno, open your mouth as wide as it can go. <laughs> oh, my God. He, like, okay. <laughs> so his mouth was just all over her face. Like, just. It was everywhere. Literally just. No. He dragged his lips down the side <laughs> of her cheek. And she's just like, you're thinking about Nikki. (laughs) Okay, no, here here it is. I got it, I got it, I got it. Jason Priestley believes that in order to be the dominant kisser, your mouth has to completely (laughs) cover her mouth. It just, you almost have to suction the other face. (laughs) He saw the movie Alien, and he was like, you know what? That's how. (laughs) Got an inspiration. She'll never see it coming. (laughs) Honestly, at one point I thought I saw daylight between his open mouth and her not knowing what to do with her mouth. I was like, oh, I see light. You're not wrong. There was so much space. So much space. Oh, boy. Man, if I thought we were going to talk 10 minutes about Jason Priestley's kissing, I would have got a third truly. I know. I'm about ready for my next one. Oh, I have kind of a fun fact kind of not a real big fact at all but i thought it was interesting that i heard about on a totally separate podcast today Uh it's a wonderful life the scene where they're like dancing in the gymnasium and the gymnasium opens to the pool that was filmed at beverly hills high school no oh wow Mm -hmm. okay that's that's such a great fact i love that scene that's like probably my favorite scene in that entire movie because it's just so funny it's very fun. It's like the best. Uh, let's be real. It's the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, that and um, after. Uh, sorry, I forgot. 
<laughs> Sorry, was that Brandon? <laughs> but after they get married and they go back to their old leaky house and there's just like posters of like places he wanted to go all up in the walls and his friends are like serenading them through a window. That's like the cutest shit. I yeah, that, that is movie. cute. Yeah. Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> no, that's good, though, because I do feel like it's one of those classics that I should have better, like, adoration for. And my mom loves it. And my brother-in-law, he had that tradition, like, every single year watching it with his family and, like, all that stuff. And I'm just neither here nor there. Like, it's I can identify mm-hmm. that it's a good film, and I do love Jimmy Stewart, but I feel like I should love it more than I do. I will that's say... I didn't like it for a long time and then I like I literally didn't watch it for like 15 years and then I watched it again and like really actually paid attention paid attention yeah and then like I just fell in love with it that's kind of the same thing with a Christmas story it's like because it's on for 24 hours straight during the holidays it's like you don't really need to know what's going on in it like you because it's mm-hmm. just always on so you'll eventually catch all of it. So yeah. yeah, it's like it takes a while for you to actually like sit down, focus and watch the whole thing and then appreciate it for what it is. Cuz like my dad, he loves a Christmas story and Yeah, I don't get always, the hype. I don't it's, either. It's a generation above us thing because my mom yeah. loves it, John's mom loves it, and I think like since then maybe like I should give It's a Wonderful Life another chance. Because I think what the problem was is It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Story were the only ones that we watched for Christmas. But now we at least have a couple more options. Like we'll True. throw on Elf or, you know, the Die Hard movies that aren't Christmas but are totally Christmas. Oh, my dad loves The Grinch, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I love that one. Until Christmas. <laughs> I like, love we it. We have more options to cycle in. So, like, once mm-hmm. you get – like, just the movies we just mentioned gives you, like, four extra movies. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So yeah. You put in, like, now you have six Christmas movies instead of a Christmas story for 24 hours. Exactly. Oh. <sighs> okay. So, we talked about Nikki. Nikki uh, breaks up. Clarence thinks Kelly's hot. Oh, yeah. Because um, this is when Brenda wants to talk about her situation with and Dylan Brandon and Kelly immediately takes over. He hijacks the whole situation, talks about him and Nikki, and oh, and then we get the wonderful slash horrible peach pit scene where Kelly and Brenda are talking to Dylan about how hot and sexy and attractive and wonderful and they love each other and it's amazing, but we're platonic. So, and then they go, mm-hmm. then they go to the Walsh house, and that's when Brenda and Dylan make out. Yes. Well, that's when, because we flip flop around a lot because of the whole like exposition side and then the future and then the present and then going back. But yeah, then all of them are studying. Kelly goes to grab them sodas and that's when she makes the comment about Clark Gable. Is that what she said? Yeah. Cary Grant? Cary Grant. Grant. That's it. Yeah. 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 And uh, same. Yeah. You know, the good old days of acting. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Let's be honest. A lot of them seemed very similar. And they all put on that, like, Atlantic accent at some point or another. And they yes. all had the dark hair. And-, and they're all black and white, so who can tell them apart? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, and then Brenda comes on to Dylan and just kisses him on the cheek. And then he's like, the fuck you doing, girl? And then she's like, oh, nothing. And then just makes out with him. And I love it. 
Bugged. I actually love it. I mean, like, no, that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I loved it, but it was a whole thing. I I do love when they're trying to get Dylan to be Santa. So that's why Kelly goes over to his house because she's supposed to convince him to be Santa. And mm-hmm. by convince him to be Santa, apparently Kelly interpreted that as climb on top of him. <laughs> yeah. And then Brenda Sit in his like, lap. <laughs> yeah. I just love that Brenda shows up and like peeks in the windows and is like, how dare you? I did that. Girl. That's my move. <laughs> but I do love how it ended up being them two against Dylan. They're like, bruh, you made out with me and her? Not like take away the fact that both of them were the ones that started. And he's like, what? You guys came on to me. <laughs> it was so good. It's like. They open the door and Brenda's yelling and Kelly just like inches over and it's like, yeah, how could you? <laughs> and he's just like, you know, you can't do this. I have a penis. <laughs> Honestly, when he was like, I'm going to go inside because it feels really cold out here. I thought he was just going to shut the door on. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like, bye. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do this right now classic the women can outsmart the man and make them make him think it's all his fault like that part i loved and that's again you know what i just figured it out the moral of this show is kelly and brenda that's it end of sentence like that's the show why make it about brenda and brandon it's kelly and brenda (laughs) they're brelly Mm -hmm. well so that was the whole thing. I think it was in the 90210 show episodes that I listened to. I apparently did a lot of research this week without even realizing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but they were talking about how originally the show was intended to be like they would do a Brandon episode, then they'd do a Brenda episode, then they would do a Brandon episode, then they would do a Brenda episode. And then they realized that they had, you know, Kelly and Steve and Andrea and Dylan and all these other people and that they really needed to make it an ensemble cast and give everybody their other time. And I just want to be like, yeah, just no more Brandon stories. No one, honestly, I don't think Brandon stories are interesting because we get it. He's going to be a boy scout. The idea, yeah. the idea that all of the writers just eventually were like, fuck, we wrote all of these characters that are better than our main characters. What do we do? I think that's probably why we get so frustrated with Brandon is because we see, like, not only better storylines, but better acting, better chemistry, better everything than Brandon. Like, because I can can totally see it. Like, I can totally understand how and why Brandon is supposed to be the main character. He's supposed to be the heartthrob. He's supposed to be the one that everybody likes. He's supposed to be the all-American teenage boy right you can see it but it just isn't happening because there are so many other better characters and deeper characters like brandon has no depth like he's just he's purely two-dimensional and that's not good enough like if he was a good actor which i'm sorry jason Priestley, you just weren't when you were this age you might have gotten better but you just weren't if he was a better actor i feel like he could have done better and we might like him better but then you look and you're like oh shit Luke Perry's here and Jenny Garth is here and they're so much better like well-rounded and uh, yeah I don't know I think they're just you're right you're totally right they're better 
And so Brandon gets pushed to the wayside. But he's still the main character, so they have to make him front and center. Mm-hmm. And they even, in Behind Closed Doors, they even mention it, where they talk about how, you know, the intention of Brandon was that he would very much be like the Midwestern values guy. Like, oh, you want a car? You have to get a job and pay for it. You're going to be the Boy Scout. You're going to do all these different things. And then the intention with Brenda was that, yeah, she was going to be raised with Midwestern values. And then they come to Beverly Hills and that she wanted to try and fit in. But she's a little bit of an outsider because she didn't grow up there, but she really wants to fit in. So she's going to, like, try and push her way into the, you know, uh, social stratosphere. Like, she's going to try and make herself fit in there. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the reason they had to add Dylan later was they realized they missed a key aspect of not having the bad boy. And they even mentioned how ridiculous they made him. They were like, he's the bad boy, but – you know, he reads poetry and he does blah, blah, blah. And he's so good. And I was like, well, when you say it like that, Dylan sounds ridiculous. But <laughs> Brandon also sounds so boring. Orange, huh? <laughs> I think never. That's, yeah, that's the problem is they made Dylan too ridiculous. But, like, it ended up working. Like, I think it's because they made Brandon so ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like they're like polar opposites. And I don't yeah. know if that was the intention, but that's what ended up happening, but then because they're polar opposites, it's so much easier to make a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. Like who to choose over the other. Yeah, Brandon is one thing <clears throat> and Dylan is like eight things that shouldn't go together but somehow kind of work when you put them in Luke Perry's body. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean I was looking at something else where they were talking about Brenda and Dylan's first date and honestly how kind of horrible it is because they go to – I think they go to a movie, but then they go back to the Pel- the Bellage Hotel and he and his dad get in a screaming yes. match. He tries to take a drink. She gets mad at him, so they leave the hotel and then he throws a potted plant. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he yeah. smashes shit. Yeah, and then somehow oh. they date for a year. <laughs> god that i like that still have to say though as a teenager that would have been the height of romance for me yeah (laughs) i hate to say it but it's very true i mean i'm gonna be honest as an adult they put dirty dancing music behind it so i'm just like okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's true like they just made him too appealing to a teenage girl like that's the thing like what because I'm trying to think of how to like phrase this properly but it's basically like if you're a high school girl and you're watching this show do you want to imagine the boy that you're already seeing on a regular basis at your own high school or are you wanting to see the guy that is super rebellious and super well-read and like doesn't give a shit about like rules or, or whatever has this unconventional lifestyle you would pick that every time every time yeah. No, you've got a Boy Scout who works at a diner, or you've got a surfer who skips class, drives a Porsche convertible, and reads Lord Byron. Yeah. I'm going to pick the weird second guy. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's also hotter. (laughs) He is hotter. That's true. That helps. (laughs) It's Riverdale, too. No one wants Archie. No one likes Archie. Jughead is everything. He's baby. But oh my god, that show. That show is 
so good. It's so fucking good. Just Chad Michael Murray is a cult leader who is going to take off in a rocket. <laughs> I can't. Uh, he also takes his shirt off and damn. <laughs> I know. Ugh. So I'm conflicted about that. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> because Chad Michael Murray is also the lead in One Tree Hill. Yep. And I keep, I'm going to keep getting on my soapbox for this show. And I know for my birthday, we're going to do the pilot. Yes. But he also has a shirt off in One Tree Hill, like a decent bit. But it's does not he, as good. It's not. And, and my question is, does he still have the largest nipples you've ever seen? I think they were regular sized. But did he grow into he his was, nipples? He was a lot tanner. In so uh, did his tan match his nipple? It might have, honestly. (laughs) Oh my god, what if he knew that people had opinions about his One Tree Hill nipples? He has to. He went into the makeup trailer on the days he knew he was going to be shirtless and be like, we're going to need to take some continuity pics because I'm going to need you to, like, tone this down. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I... That's all I could focus on. I that and this. And his, he has like a poorly <laughs> poorly covered up tattoo on his on his shoulder in One Tree Hill, which is so stupid. He got a really dumb tattoo. It's real dumb. From Oh, his under- nipples are regular sized. In 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 Riverdale? Oh, they're smaller in Riverdale. What the fuck? Maybe his pecs are just bigger, so it's just a proportion thing. I could see that. Oh, but he has, like, hair on his chest now. What? He didn't have that in One Tree Hill. I mean, he oh was my also God, supposed the... to be, like, a 16-year-old, so. Yeah, yeah but and he was, title... like, in his 20s. <laughs> the title of the article I clicked on said, This Riverdale heartthrob loves that his nipples turned you gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, made a really good article. joke. Yeah. I will, I will send it to you now. <laughs> yeah. Because there's gifts of him in One Tree Hill also. And I will admit, his nipples do look kind of big. Okay. So I'm not, like, trust me, this was a big deal. Maybe medium. Maybe medium size. They're not like Vaughn from Community tiny or anything. (laughs) I'm, it's, uh, okay. We can get off the nipple gate of Chad Michael Murray. (sighs) We'll talk about that in like three weeks for your birthday. Yes. Thank God. I think he is shirtless in the pilot. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he is he? We'll he find out. He might as well be. Yeah, stay tuned. You can probably see it through his shirt. It's fine. Oh anyway. Um, um, I don't even know where we are in the episode. Uh, we, Dylan and Kelly break out. Brenda and Dylan make out. Oh, okay. So this is when I think the next day at school, nobody wants to go do the thing with Donna. So they all try and back out. That's right. That's right. That's right, yeah, because, like, I think Brenda comes up first, and then Kelly, and then maybe Dylan, and then David, which his reason is bullshit, and then... He... Okay, can we... Sorry, uh, I want to pause for a minute on David and talk about how he's the worst boyfriend in the world, and Donna deserves so much better. It's true. I mean, I would understand if he was, like, you know, just heard some bad news, he's a little depressed, he's, like, down about something totally get that but yeah just collectively he is really not the best 
Well, um, and he makes a comment about how part of the reason that he's backing out is because he's not a senior like everybody else. And then he talks about it later in the episode and is like, if I load up on classes like I was supposed to last summer, then I can graduate with you guys. Which mm-hmm. makes me think he didn't do the classes over last summer, even though he talked about it. But Ooh. we never actually got confirmation that that didn't happen, right? Well, right, that he right. was working on his music all summer and making out with Nikki. True. So I guess we probably should have picked that up. But like, I thought that was just in addition to the classes, not instead of. Yeah, I just assumed we didn't see him in summer school. Because he was the only one in summer school, and they weren't yeah, gonna so why waste bother. Time? Yeah, they weren't mm-hmm. gonna bother making a summer school just for David. Yeah, and so that also makes me think: How many classes does he have to cram in in one semester? A lot, I actually. So I started thinking about that because I looked it up. Dual enrollment started in Georgia in 1992. Because I was even thinking if everyone wants to go to California University and like we don't even know what Donna's going to be able to do because of her grades currently. So she might not even be at California University. She might be at a community college for a couple months. But David could easily do dual enrollment, assuming it's a possibility in California and be fine. Well, I mean, if you if you think that Georgia got dual enrollment in 92, that means California probably got it in what? Uh, 42? 70. <laughs> yeah. David could totally do this. And it just, it pissed me off that he realized when Andrea got her Yale letter that he was just like, oh, well, you guys are all seniors and I'm not a senior and I have no friends that aren't seniors. I'm going to be alone. I was like, yes, we have all realized this long before you did. Yeah, it just, it felt like a weird time to mention that he invested all of his time and energy into the seniors. And then you also remember, oh, that one friend that was like his Aww. best friend. You probably, I want. I just wonder if he is still feeling guilty about that. And that's really sad. But I yeah, mean, it was I just bet- weird timing to bring it up. I bet this brought it up of like, why well, wouldn't be alone if scott mm-hmm. but i burned that bridge before yep. that happened but i mean like he uses this as a reason to not go and film the whole thing which is actually kind of a thing he's supposed to be doing like it's not like he was just like oh i'll go along with you guys he was supposed mm-hmm. to go film it i assume for video yearbook or some weird yeah. shit he does mm-hmm and then, yeah, he bails on Donna because he's bummed that everybody else is seniors and he's not. And I was like, that's kind of dick. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it's like a temper tantrum almost, but like minus the tantrum. It's like he just reacted poorly to a thought in his head and was like, oh, well, this means I need to just like completely 180 and back myself away from the whole group and just not be involved at all. Instead of realizing, oh, no, I made a commitment that had nothing to do with my age, but more to do with the fact that I carry a video camera around and no one else does. So I'm the only person who can film this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if his reason for not going was because his mom was moving to Portland, I think it would make more sense. But I really got the r- idea that that was just a side thing. And really, he didn't want to go because he's not a senior. I mean, he even says, yeah. I am not a senior. Mm-hmm. 
I think I mean, one of my favorite parts is when Andrea says that she did an interview with Mrs. Claus for the Blaze because it's the year of the woman. Brenda Bales, Dylan never really wanted to go in the first place. Kelly Bales because she doesn't want to be there with Brenda and Do- Brenda and Dylan being there. And then even when she learns they're not going to be there, she still doesn't want to go. David Bales, Steve can't go. And then Brandon says that he doesn't have to go because Gil said he would get out of it, even though Gil's not in charge. So basically, yeah, everyone's trying to bail for whatever stupid reason. And then Ms. Teasley lays down the law. And it's just like, if you try and tell me you're sick, you better prove it. Yeah, she was like, if you have a, what did she say? Something about like having a, um, uh, Mary said it in her synopsis. What was it? I think, or did pneumonia. You- She's like, if you have pneumonia, you better come with a doctor's note and I want to see the chest x-ray. Yes. So savage, but like, I loved it so much. I just love that she shuts it down and forces all of them on the bus with the madrigals who are still singing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then- never ending. Never ending. And I think my favorite part is Brandon's like, well, Gil's in charge and he said I'd get out of it and Gil's not on the bus. Yeah, he's not even there. But like, again, the idea that all of these teenagers being mad at each other on the bus was the reason that Miriam, the angel, was just like, Clarence, 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 yeah. you have to stop <laughs> it. Sorry, I thought Clancy for a second and then I got really <laughs> confused because a woman I work with is named Clancy and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I've just been calling him Manny DeVito, so. (laughs) Manny DeVito is better because I feel like he mansplains saving people to her. But this is 90210, so shouldn't it be Banny (laughs) Bevito? Yes, it's Birium and Banny. (laughs) But yeah, like this this is the part where he's like, oh, I skipped ahead and I'm going to stop Craig. And she's like, idiot, it's Greg. And then he... Greg drinking out of a fifth of vodka in the truck going my favorite was when you finally realize he's going the wrong way down a one-way street and they zoom in on the one-way sign I know classic so many times (laughs) by the way I just want to point out this is an alcohol-induced car accident which would have meant that it is a repeat yes it's a DUI waiting to happen yes so when I finally realized that, I was like, oh, my God, they are still throwing darts at a dartboard and just trying to figure out how to make it work. Seriously, they just got that big wheel and just, like, spinning it. Like, oh, DUI, let's go. And then they're just like, shit, this is our Christmas episode. How do we make that work? We got angels. I just watched It's a Wonderful Life. So we got angels in the sky. We got needing to get wings beer or liquor in a car let's do it <laughs> um but yeah like this was so annoying to me for many reasons but the number one reason is that at one point they make it look like they're driving toward each other not like you know doing perpendicular, perpendicular. but like driving toward each other and i'm like how does the bus driver not see this totally understand if someone intoxicated wouldn't be able to see this but like the bus driver should have seen this and then when push comes to shove they're perpendicular and they you know miss each other but also why were they both driving so fast on a residential road probably in a school zone 
And why think- was the bus driving through the same neighborhood for four hours? <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part of it, though, is that Steve shows up at the school and first of all, he's playing Simon Says with the kids, and that was absolutely adorable. But then he sees – sorry, I think John's whistling. I, got, I, I don't know. I'm going to try and not let it distract me. Yeah. Because <laughs> Steve realizes that the truck is going the wrong way down a one-way road and, like, runs up to the edge of the playground to, like, yell at the truck through the fence. So he sees the truck and the bus. Yes. And somehow everyone ignores the fact that the truck goes through the bus. It was in front of the children, in front of Steve, in front of Mr. Myers, in front of the people on the bus. Nothing. Nobody. And there's like a higher power. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody on this bus except maybe Donna truly deserved angelic intervention for you know what was happening today it was just very interesting and then yeah steve is literally watching this happen and then they all drop it everyone gets off the bus miss teasley isn't mad that steve is there and just gets him to play santa and then yeah we just end the episode with brenda and kelly like decorating cookies and then giving them to dylan to be like choose (laughs) cookies are a metaphor for us you have to pick between us and the cookie you can't have both cookies i love that he just weighs them in his hands and they're just like monstrosities of cookies like what shape are they even and then they're just covered completely in little tiny sprinkles and then one has a b on it and one has a k on it and which are you gonna pick it's 90210, so it has to be a B name, right? Of course. Well, of course. And that's, I feel like he literally weighed them like, which one gave me more icing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, and like you even see Kelly, it was like working really hard to like put her K on there. And then you look at it, it's like, K. It's the biggest K on a cookie I've ever seen. Stupidest way to end this ep- to end the Christmas episode. By the way, we've all apparently completely ignored that it's a Christmas episode and that Donna's birthday is Christmas. So is it canon that um, D- Donna's God, right? Apparently, because they were Please. like a higher power, and then Andrea's just like blah 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 Donna, and her birthday's Christmas. So Donna is canonically God. I mean. They've already cool said that it. she's an angel on earth. So maybe she's like, yeah, maybe she's literally an angel on earth. So she's like, you know, sent from heaven to yeah, interfere. She's, she's legit divine. It's yeah. canon. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, so far, she's been the one that I, at one point or another, have not hated. So maybe it's not possible to hate her. Yeah. I mean, she's if divine. anything... I just get mad at other people for not treating her the way she deserves to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, horrible segue, but speaking of things not being treated well, this episode was trash. And I <laughs> oh, it, it was horrible. F. Oh, same. Same, same, same. I, I gave it an F for Feliz Navidad. Oh, that's so much better than mine. 
<laughs> I literally so couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything. I was like, hey, Nate, can you give me an F word? <laughs> you well, can imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, like, like a better one, like to describe something. And then he just goes, fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> facts though (laughs) yeah and i was like okay yeah that works but like it's about christmas and then he goes festively terrible (laughs) and i was like that works we'll do it (laughs) yeah so festively terrible was mine god it was so bad it was really bad (sighs) it's the mid-season break too so like oh shit we got nothing until after the holidays so you're right. It was the mid-season. See um, you in the new year. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the next episode we have, it's going to be season three, episode 18, and the game is chicken. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> the game is chicken. Yeah. So are we going to get into the fast and furious world of street racing? I'm going to read this synopsis so. real quick, and I'll I'll give you a, a visual cue. Uh, let's see. <gasps> I see eyebrows raising. <laughs> <laughs> I read Y'all. one sentence. <laughs> no, because, like, when you think of chicken, you either think of, like, uh... Oh my god, what is the movie? The swimming What's, thing? N- no, well, like so the swimming thing, but then um, Footloose, where Kevin Bacon and what's oh. his face are on tractors. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And in Greece, but not, oh, that's not chicken. They just had a race. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in Footloose they call it chicken. Yes. I think. They should have called it cow. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> if you have any comments on what Caitlin just said, you can let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Back to Podcast. Please don't tell me. It's fine. <laughs> or in an email if you need more than 140 characters at Back to Podcast hey, at gmail.com. That's B A C K T O Podcast at gmail.com. But also, Twitter is now 280 characters. Thank you. So. You could say a lot. <laughs> Create a thread. We we don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Here's a thread of why Caitlin's comment about cows was stupid. <laughs> and see, I'm just picturing was dot 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 one out of question mark. <laughs> okay, but if you create that thread and give me gifts of all of the things that chicken could have been called in Footloose, I'd be so happy. <laughs> oh my god. Just gifs of every single time the game chicken has been played in movies and TV shows. That's good. That's good. That's good. Alright, so we're gonna have to wait how long until we see this manifest? So long. <laughs> We'll forget about it by the time you post it, but please post it anyway. It's going to be the best surprise ever. <laughs> um, All right. And, and yeah, also, so the game is chicken. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget, you're going to want to hear that episode. So you should subscribe and like and share this podcast and also review it. 
on iTunes. Yep. Five stars. Because if you do, and only if, we'll read that review live. (laughs) Months before. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) People are going to leave us reviews, and then like three months later, we'll be like, oh, we checked. Thanks. Yeah, there's still emails that we have to write back to. My bad. That's on me. I'll take the blame. Oh, my God. So I'll respond times, at like, some point. I'm like, it's a three-day weekend. I'm going to catch up on my correspondence. <laughs> Didn't catch up on my correspondence. We read it, though, and we really like what you said. Thank I you. I have read every single email, and I really appreciate everything everyone has sent us. From all of us at Bag 2 Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.